Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and you love your MMA, then this obviously is the show for you. Final Extra, where we bring you all the latest from the world of combat sports. Joining me, as always, is Talk Sports Gareth A. Davis for another busy, busy show. Today, in our final show before Christmas, happy Christmas to you all, by the way, we're reviewing what was a fantastic year in the world of boxing. We have witnessed some incredible fights, some absolutely insane upsets, and new champions being crowned. And over the next hour... We're going to try and unpack it for all of you. We'll be picking our fight of the year, our fight of the year, and we'll be discussing some of the biggest upsets. And there were lots, lots of them in 2021. Look, don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. And now, ladies and gentlemen, from the four corners of the world to the four corners of this ring, this is it. The time has come. The fight starts now! He's all over the place in the ninth round, and there's so much time, and down he goes, and he won't get up from that. That's it. Josh Warrington has been knocked out in one of the big stunners in a British ring in the last two or three years. I would have been potentially going into a unification or a ring magazine title fight next, that's probably not going to happen. And now, the undisputed junior welterweight champion of the world, Josh the Tartan Tornado Taylor! Canelo acting like he's already knocked him out. And it is over. They have stopped the fight. Gracias a todos. Anthony, how are you? I'm coming for you. Alexander Usyk has put on a superb performance. Will it be repeat or will it be revenge? 
TalkSport is exclusively live from the T-Mobile Arena. Fury is still the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, and we have just witnessed the third fight of what will go down in boxing history. Wow, what a package that was, right? I mean, I was laughing and smiling and just, oh, goosebumps as that was playing out. It reminds you of what a year we've had. Like, you know, we as boxing fans, Gareth, we always like to have a moan about, yeah, why why haven't we seen Spence Crawford and we should have seen Fury AJ? When you look back at the year, it was a fantastic year. We still got so many good fights, so many upsets, so many big shows as well. And you think, Gareth, we started the year behind closed doors uh, and we ended the year with some of the biggest fights i mean i mean 80,000 saw canelo versus 80,000 that's that's wrestlemania ridiculous what a year gareth it's been an extraordinary year adi i've said it to you a few times i've been in boxing for 30 years mm. in mma for 16 covering both the sports and both sports have been extraordinary this year i've, I've got to say um and i maybe this is because i appreciate it so much mm. Uh, because of COVID, because of lockdown, because of nothing in January, remember? In Britain, we didn't start till yeah, February. Yeah. Um, I've got an amazing stat here. I think it's the best year uh, I can ever remember, if wow. I'm honest. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. When you go over it, when you look at the entirety of the year, and I've been doing it for the last week or so, think about this. Robert Smith, the sec- General Secretary of the British Boxing Board of Control, told me that between February, just in Britain alone, okay, Mm, mm. between February and the end of August, there were only 32 shows behind closed doors in the UK. Mm. But between September and last weekend, you were there. Yeah. December the 18th, incredible fight between Derek Chisora and Joseph Parker, not to mention the other fighters on the card. We've had 143 shows. That's Um, crazy. Uh, it is absolutely extraordinary. 175 fights in the year. When we sat locked down through the whole of January and into February, we never believed we'd be able to witness that many shows and that many extraordinary events as that package highlighted, just a few of them. It's incredible how the world, uh, how other sports, and indeed how fight sports have coped with the COVID-19 pandemic it's an extraordinary thing and and genuinely i think it's the best year i can ever remember no, i mean look, if you're saying that then then i have to almost concur with you again you've been in the sport in and around it for 30 plus years and i mean you've seen some incredible years but i i honestly agree it's been absolutely fantastic even the fights we had behind closed doors you think of some of them and the upsets i mean lara warrington not many people knew who lara was and Ramirez, Josh Taylor, undisputed was behind closed doors as well. Just a few fans around the ring. What a year. Uh, um, Gareth, we're going to talk about fight of the year and fight of the year. Atmosphere. Again, you've been to, you travelled abroad to see some of the big fights in America. You've been ringside for some of the big fights over here. What's the best atmosphere you you think you've heard this year? My personal experience that I've been at, um, I'd pick out, um, there's three actually. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, one of the epic heavyweight trilogies <laughs> of all time. Yes, sir. Uh, my, my old mucker and mentor, uh, Colin Hart, 50 years in the sport, mm. uh, still writing for The Sun now, um, nearly 90 years, Colin. Um, basically, he puts Wilder and Fury as his top six, one of his top six heavyweight fights of all time. And that includes 
two of the fights with Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Wow. Wow. It yes, it includes um, you know fights uh, like uh, Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, and Mike, and Mike Tyson, Bo Holyfield. Um, Bo Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, and and the Holyfield fights, um, Foreman and uh, Ali, the Rumble in the Jungle uh, in Zaire in in 1974, um, you know Madison Square Garden 1971, the first fight between Ali and Frazier. It was an extraordinary event, mm. an incredible atmosphere. We had the privilege of, you know, we heard um, Andy Clark and Adam Catterall there on the broadcast. I had the privilege of being on the broadcast as well. We had in incredible access to Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder through the week. It was an extraordinary event, an extraordinary fight. When, when huge men are down and get up and then the other one is down and gets up and then you have this... <laughs> battle where one man won't give in it, oh, it's, it's just extraordinary <laughs> unbelievable the, the 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 second one um that i was at and it was like a joyous um outpouring from the fans Sixty-eight thousand at tottenham hotspur stadium it wasn't the result perhaps british fans wanted and a lot of anthony joshua fans wanted mm. but he and Ale alexander usik even though the fight was um one of those weird events where you could see one man had them had the beating of another almost yeah, from the yeah. opening bell. Agreed. Um, that was extraordinary to be at that. It was just a, such a memorable night. And I do hope Anthony goes well in the second fight against Alexander Usyk in, in the new year. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the heavyweight division short when we go on to look ahead yeah. to 2022. Yeah. But the the going to cover for talk sports. Oh, I'm so I'm um, so intrigued as to what this is. Go on. Well, it's it's Telford. Yeah. Um, Nathan Heaney was headlining. There were only 800 fans there, yeah. but it was the first time this year we had been to an event with fans. We were doing a live broadcast. Not the greatest fighter in the world, Nathan Heaney, but he brought a, a half the fans with him. It was like being in a nightclub or a rave with 800 people there in the Telford <laughs> Centre. It was unbelievable. Tommy Fury was fighting. John Fury was there. I spoke to them afterwards. I'd have to pick that out as well. But you said it at the top of the show as well. Mm. 80,000 there, Arlington, Texas, for um, Canelo and uh, Billy Joe Saunders, Saul Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders. An extraordinary atmosphere and an extraordinary year for Canelo, and I'm sure we'll come on to that. We certainly will. My number one, um, yeah. I'm, I don't know if you were there. You might have been in America. Well, then again, you could have been anywhere in the world knowing you, Gav. But uh, Josh Warrington, Lara 2 at Headingley. When Josh Warrington walked out, it felt like 100,000 in there. And the only reason I say 100,000 is because obviously I've been to a few AJ fights where there's like 80 and 70. It sounded louder than that. And I was like, this is crazy. Obviously, it turned into a bit of a damp squib because of what happened, the injury. But when Josh came out, it, that place just erupted. And I was like, wow. Wow, wow. Like, I can't imagine Josh fighting in front of 60,000, what that would be like. But yeah, I, I'm going to go uh, with Josh Warrington. Any lowlights of the year, Gareth, just before we go? Yeah, two words, Evander Holyfield. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I stayed up late. I'd, I'd done the fight night show for Tour Sport, got home at two in the morning, stayed up for that. And I kind of wish I hadn't watched it. It was, mm. you know, I've known Evander for many, many years, 20 years I've known him and uh, or more. And, and it was just tragic to see a 58-year-old get battered by the around the ring and, and to not be able to defend himself against... Um, um, his name escapes me now. Um, um, Vito uh, Belfort. Vito Belfort, sorry, yeah. yes. Um, you know, still a very aggressive uh, Southpaw, you know, obviously a former UFC heavyweight and light heavyweight champion and uh, a man with massive tensile strength. 
that that was the low light for me. I'm not going to say it's the YouTubers fighting. I'm not going to say it's Logan Paul against Floyd Mayweather because they're all kind of like, you know, they're part of the Victorian fairground style circus acts in the sport, freak shows <laughs> if you like. But 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 you know, I follow them and I watch them and I comment on them because it's part of my um, heritage in terms of covering the sports properly. And um, but uh, just seeing Evander Holyfield get hurt in that fight was just. No pleasure at all, and that that was the low light for me. I think. Yeah, I have to I have to agree with you. It was sad. I guess again because I've grown up watching Ivana as well. Um, and do you, do you have one? Do you have a low light? Um, it's probably not something in the ring. It's probably opposed to out of the ring and not seeing AJ Fury. It's probably yeah, right. good we call. Were so good close. call. You know what I mean? We were yeah. so close. No, and we'd loved it for six oh, months. We've been in love with the, the idea. build up and everything, and I was like, it's yeah, coming, yeah. it's coming, people. My sister. But look asked, what we got. But look yeah. what we got. Yeah, look, so got... Your, sis your sister yeah. asked, even your sister was involved. She yeah, was involved, yeah. Everyone, right? And yeah. I was like, oh, it's coming. And she's like, you sure, Addy? And I'm like, yes, sis, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. It's not happening. So, yeah, yeah. That, that was my low light of the year. All right, this is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come over the next hour, we'll be picking our fight of the year. And also, which was the biggest shock in boxing this year. But up next, we'll be discussing our fighter of the year. <laughs> Looking to take him out right now, Alvarez. Plant has to find a way to hold on to try and stifle him, but he can't. And down he goes for a second time. The fight's all over. Alvarez has done it. That surely is going to be the end of the fight. Fury's already celebrating, and the fight is all over. It's all over, and Wilder is beaten, and Fury in the 11th round gets the stoppage he craves. And no, been waiting for we should actually make a physical award i think we should do something i'm serious gareth i think we should create an award and i, I genuinely believe it will start to grow and fighters will look forward to this they'll be like who is the fight night extra of the year boxer of the year award i think they'll take it i think they'll turn up i think they really will this is final extra myself adi ladipo the great gareth a davis um all right this is it it's time to pick our fighter of the year isn't going to be easy gareth just because look, i think the obvious one is canelo obviously look canelo three mm -hmm. fights this year mm -hmm. Um, cleaned up at 168 pounds. You almost forget that he bashed up Avni Yildirim. him. You forget that that happened in, what, February, just because of the work he did with Billy Joe and, and Caleb Plant. Uh, there are some others, though, some some big names. Josh Taylor's there, Fury, Usyk. I think Lee Woods had a fantastic year. It almost come from nowhere, um, especially in the eyes of casual boxing fans. Um, when you think of the fighter of the year, does your brain immediately just go to Canelo? Yeah, it does. It's the cinnamon one for me. Um mm. It does immediately go to him. I mean, when you think about it, just as the year turned as well, he'd beaten Callum Smith as well. So mm. he, 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 he set out to do some extraordinary things this year. And by the end of the year, as he revealed, it was, wasn't him that put it forward. It was Eddie Reynoso, his coach, that he's going to fight Alunga Makabu for the Cruiserweight title next year. And on Saturday night or Friday night last week, Artur Viterbiev is calling him out to fight him at light heavyweight. Jeez. Oh my God, that just makes me tingle so much. And you know Canelo, he's not going to turn down a challenge. No chance. And if, I want Baturbiev to keep pushing that, keep pushing it, because mm -hmm. he will not be able uh, to say no. Yes, he does. I think you're right to mention Josh Taylor. 
an extraordinary achievement, our highest ranked pound for pound fighter in the ring magazine rankings. And he's up to number five now. Good, that was a good. brilliant victory in, in, in against Jose Ramirez in, in Vegas. Tyson Fury's performance. When you think that it was 20 months between he and Deontay fighting the last time, it's extraordinary. Alexander Usyk, you've got to give praise to. Uh, Lee Woods, very popular victory, a great guy. Testament to what Ben Davison can do as a trainer as well. And obviously, we know that he's now um, working with the McCormack twins. Mm. He's working with Devin Haney. He's got Lee McGregor. Um, you know, he's got Josh Taylor. It's an extraordinary camp that he's developing. Um, Inouye Nui is another one we haven't mentioned there. And still an incredible force is that beast. Um, and Connor Ben's in there as well. And I think he, he does deserve it. And I think he's genuinely one of the prospects to look forward to in 2022. He, he his, I rewatched the fight with Algieri yeah. uh, yesterday. And do you know what? His defensive movement in that fight, as well as his aggressive intent, it really shows that he's making the step changes. I don't believe he's ready for a world title. Agreed. Uh, yet, um, David Avenician, what a challenge he would be. The two Garcias, Ryan and, and Mikey. Um, the the um, Yaron Ennis, who's a real dark horse in that welterweight division, um, and the two champions as well. Wow, he has got a really tough time in front of him. I think if it is Adrian Broner next in America, that's a good move. His father beat Doug DeWitt to win the world title after his 27th fight. Mm. Uh, but he is definitely moving onwards and upwards and has so many box office qualities. He certainly does. And I agree with you every word about Conor Ben in terms of not yet. Uh, even before you get to the world champions, I mean, uh, the barrier just before you get to them, with, you mentioned Virgil Ortiz there, Boots Ennis. I mean, it, it, there's a barrier. Uh, Furman's back now, right? He's going to fight yeah. Barrios. Furman as February. well. I'd forgotten about him. Exactly. Fer so as well, yeah. th there's so much there. One thing on Canelo, um, and I agree with you, look, fight of the year. If anyone says he's not, then they've clearly not been watching the sport. What, what about the caveat, though, that every time he fights, he's a massive favourite. So he's not fighting as an underdog or it's a 50-50 fight or a 60-40. He's like a 1 to 10. You know, like Abney yielded him 1 to 20. Even Caleb Plant, he'll think he was like 1 to 6. I mean, should the fighter of the year be someone that is just doing what you kind of expect him to do? Uh, no, not necessarily. Look, you could pick George Cambosos out. You mm. know, he went for six different versions of that fight being made. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. was cancelled because of COVID. It was cancelled because of um, contractual dealings with Triller, um, um, you know, and Teofimo Lopez leaving uh, the top rank stable for mm. that fight. Um, you, could, you could mention him because it was one of the massive upsets of the year. Obviously, it falls into that category. Um, but, you know, when, when, when a fighter gets the level of Canelo, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in boxing, as you know. And I think you know, he's going he's gonna to have tough fights ahead. Alonga Macabo, I think he wins that fight, but he's going to, he, he, he is clearly intent on legacy. Yeah. He's, he's going to be around for a while. He's still a very young man. Um, and, and he's so brilliant now. That's the thing. I mean, you know, he's only beating who they're putting in front of him as well. I, I, and uh, it'd be remiss of us, by the way, in case we do go to break, mm. that we don't mention a woman. Of in this section as yeah, well, and, yeah. and 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 I'll throw these names at you. Go you on. know, Alicia Baumgartner, Amanda <laughs> Serrano, Jessica McCaskill, um, um, take Katie Taylor, Carissa Shields, uh, mm. Savannah Marshall, 
um, Hannah Rankin, yeah. um, Chantel Cameron. Um, there's so Meyer. many. That, by the way, and that's uh, Michaela Meyer, and Michaela Meyer as well, rightly so. Um, and that's another thing. When I spoke to Robert Smith, the General Secretary of Boxing Border Control, I can remember years ago campaigning for Jane Couch mm. uh, or covering the story of Jane Couch going to the High Court to get her licence 25 odd years ago to be the first licensed female professional in the UK. Robert Smith told me there are now 50 and it's growing all the time. I think exponentially this year, we have seen the growth in women's boxing. When we consider that most fight fans are male, probably mm. 80, 85 percent, it's a great advancement for the women's cause that, you know, people like Clarissa Shields have signed a seven figure deal with Boxer and, and, and Sky Sports Boxing and that Amanda Serrano is tweeting, wow, I'm a millionaire, you know. It's, it's brilliant for, for the women's arm of the sport. Will we see three minute rounds soon? I hope so. Will we see 12 round championship fights in these super fights? Clarissa Shields, Savannah Marshall, I wouldn't see, mind seeing that. Serrano and Taylor. How, what a difference would it make? If we could find the medical evidence that they should fight three minutes, not two minutes. Yeah. No. So um really like to see that move on as well. Yeah, no, and yeah, again. Who are you um, picking? Oh man. <laughs> you know, I might go Cambosos, you know. Right. I might okay. you know what it is? Yeah. Not just the way in which he beat Tifima Lopez, but the way in which the build up sold the fight perfectly, the way in which he's dealt with the win after. You, you see him on Joe Rogan, he's at events, he he knows exact he he's building himself fantastically well he actually reminds me the way in which he speaks of when connor first entered sort of the ufc very very confident some people might think it's arrogance but very brash knows exactly what he wants i like that i, I do because he was an underdog as well and like, i want to give it to canelo i do but it was a massive favorite it would have been an astronomical upset if canelo lost any of those fights whereas cambosos beat tiafimo lopez who was what pound for pound top five top six Mm. And, and and he he beat him quite well. He really did. And I, I, I'm going to go George Cambosos for my fighter of the year. And the woman? Ooh. Ooh. So Katie's had three fights this year and won all three. And don't worry, yeah. they've been tough fights for Katie. Right? They really have been tough. But Baumgardner, yeah. There was something about that ferociousness of Baumgardner when she came in um, to Sheffield and she got booed. And for her to stop Terry Harper on her feet like that, and that's one thing I mean, we, we really, or, or some people have criticised female boxing for, and it's wrong, but they say we don't see the knockouts. We don't see enough of the, of the knockouts. And she came in powerful, aggressive, got the stoppage away from home. I might go Alicia Baumgartner, and that's going to upset some. I know. I know some people are not going to ha be happy with that. I, I can see your face. I, I'm looking at you. I can see your face, Gareth. You're not happy with me. <laughs> Listen, Adi, controversial Adelipo is fine with me. <laughs> Who are you going? Female fighter of the year. I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Amanda Serrano, I think. Mm. And, and and at this at this stage, given her performance against Miriam Gutierrez uh, on the uh, Jake Paul Tyron Woodley undercard on Saturday night, early hours of Sunday morning, um, she just looks brilliant. She's not difficult to hit. Yeah. Katie Taylor's not difficult to hit as well, but I just favour her at the moment because I think Katie is just showing some signs of age. I may be wrong. Um, she may have come into that fight with an injury um, in her last fight and, and um, against uh, Feruza Sharapova, who was very powerful as well, very strong physical specimen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Serrano. I'm going to pick Serrano. I think she's a special talent. Before I forget... Before you go to break, Manny Pacquiao retired this year, by the way, which we yeah. forgot to mention. Yeah. 
26 years in the sport, 72 <sighs> fights, mm. eight weight division champion. Crazy. Serrano reminded me of him. Crazy. Um, the only one in history to do so. He's already a senator in the Philippines and he retires for a new fight. And he's been an extraordinary person to be around. One of the great stories in, I would say, in my career that I've covered. I've had some amazing times with him and, and it's been an absolute honour and privilege. New fight. He's running to be president of the Philippines. It's extraordinary what, what boxing can do. What a story it? from where he's come from. Yeah, and you're, you're, good, you're good to mention the great Manny Pacquiao as well. Uh, what a fighter. Eight weight, eight weight world champion. It's just ridiculous. It really is. All right, this is Final Extra on TalkSports 2. Still to come, we'll discuss some of the major shocks we've seen in 2021. That could be an hour long in itself. But next up, we're discussing our fight of the year. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tears of joy in the lion's den for Alexander Usyk, who shatters the hearts of British fans on this autumnal night to become only the third cruiserweight champion to become heavyweight king. And Chisora once again has to grab onto a rope to stop himself falling. And Howard Foster takes up the count once again. He looks across at Joseph Parker. You're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo and the great Gareth A. Davis. All right. It's the time. It's the time. We've done Fighter of the Year. Time now for Fight of the Year. Again, not easy. And it shouldn't be easy because, as Gareth says, this has probably been the best year in boxing in at least my own memory. I can't remember a better year than this. And Gareth, who's been covering the sport for 30 years, can't remember a better year than this. So this isn't going to be easy. Uh, Gareth, uh, the first one I, I guess we've got to talk about has to be Fury Wilder Free. I mean, had everything right. The whole build-up was 
Some might say dark. I don't mind it. I don't mind it a bit dark. I don't. I don't like it when it's all too friendly. Sometimes it was, but that maybe went over the top dark. But then it delivered in the ring. It really did. Um, what four knockdowns, toe to toe action. You thought Tyson Fury wasn't going to get up. Dante Wilder showed he's bravery, and I think questioned or answered a lot of questions about himself as well. It's going to be difficult to beat it. But let's kick off with Fury Wilder free. Yeah, it was massive. I mean, I said at the top of the show, it was an extraordinary thing to be involved in. It was for me, it was arguably the event of the year as well, um, the atmosphere of the year. Um, it had everything. It had everything a heavyweight fight should have. Um, it really produced, like you say, the two knockdowns in round three. Wilder was down. He thought it was over. He came back. Fury's down twice. He gets up. And then this slow deterioration through the fight of uh, Tyson Fury breaking him down till eventually hit him with a left and a big right mm -hmm. uh, on the ropes and sent them a huge man crushing right to the center of the canvas. Um, extraordinary night, extraordinary fight. Um, one of the battles for the ages. Uh, 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 Mauricio Suleiman, who, who I spoke to for my end of year catch up with him, says it's arguably the best fight, probably the best fight he's ever seen live. Um, I've seen a few amazing fights live, but um, for drama, for the size of the men, I always <laughs> say this to every... Every sports fan, mm. once in your life, yeah. pay to be near two great heavyweights fighting because you will never forget it. There's something special about it. It, it, it takes you back, um, I want to say centuries. It takes you back to gladiatorial Rome. It takes you back to, you can't believe how big these figures are. Agreed. And uh, no, it was an extraordinary event. Um, even though, even though I'm coloured by Parker and Chisora last weekend, uh, Joseph Parker and Derek Chisora, which I'm sure we'll come on to. No, no, let's come on to it now. Like, well, why waste no time? It's a perfect segue. That there was war. And I'm so happy you mentioned sort of gladiatorial sort of times in, in your speech there about Fury Wilder because I felt like that was what I was watching as well. I almost felt like Derek Chisora was the kind of person that sort of, I don't know, 500 years ago, they're feeding him grapes and, <laughs> and they're waving fans at him and saying, go on, go out there and kill the man. He is just... A warrior. Like, I, I thought that fight was over at least six times. I thought it was done. I thought it was done. And I remember it might have been the end of round three where they're swinging away and the 10-second clapper goes. And I, I knew as soon as the 10-second clapper goes that Chisora's not stopping at zero. He's going to have a couple more extra swings. A referee gets involved and then he screams, war, at Joseph Parker. And Joseph Parker, I spoke to him yesterday, actually, and he said, um, he said, I said, what was it like when Chisora screamed at you? And he said, I literally tried to put my hands up because I didn't know what was coming next. They had no idea what Chisora was going to do next. That fight had absolutely everything for me, and i lucky to be ringside for it. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I mean, I was on, obviously in the studio at Talk Sport, but it, it was... Oh, man. I, I mean, it, it, I had a, uh, an amazing interview with Derek Chisora that's out on the Zone platform at the moment on, on a series called Off the Cuff that I do with him, and... and Derek said, "Drug uh, boxing is, an, is is the is the greatest drug you'll ever you know to be a boxer is the greatest drug you can't give it up." Mm. And he said, "You know, look at everyone that comes back. It's it's impossible to retire." And these words are very haunting now. And he said yeah. um, that I don't think I'll even. He said even when I'm six foot under, I'll probably still be shadow boxing. And obviously, there've been a lot of calls and a lot of people saying, you know, with his 12th loss and his 44th fight and three losses on the trot right now, whether he should think about hanging up the gloves. But that man is inspiring. He's gone from villain 
a, Brit, a bad boy British boxing to an absolute cult hero yep. and with the fans. And he's built for it. He's extraordinarily resilient. He's incredibly tough. And in his worst moments in the fight, he's able to find something in himself that just knocks Joseph Parker backwards. Um, apart from him knocking, uh, not knocking Joseph Parker down, uh, I just thought it had everything, mm. really. Um, and I did, but I didn't agree with the scorecard. Oh, I, I no thought it, way. They were no, awful. I had it 117-111 for Parker. It was, it was a clear victory. He, he, he had the three knockout down, so there were 10-8 rounds. Unless you end up drawing those rounds because of Derek's comebacks in a couple of them, but I don't, I don't think Derek is going to retire, and he's so motivated to look after his two daughters and mm. and, and and carry on fighting. And he wants a trilogy fight with Tyson Fury. And he wants a trilogy fight with Dillian White. He could still fight as Eddie Hearn said, and it was said to you on Saturday night. There's still um, Victor Ortiz. I'm not Victor Ortiz. Luis Ortiz out there. Yeah. There's still Andy Ruiz out there. They could still fill out the O2 Arena for both of those guys. Derek ain't given up the money yet. Yeah, and that's um, I'm slightly disappointing to hear it because I I do want to see him retire. But look, um, you're right. He, he said he's going to be back in the summer as well, take a bit of a long rest, and he needs it after that kind of fight. And then we'll see. You're right. I mean, boxing normally retires the boxers. Uh, boxers don't really retire from boxing. Uh, another great fight. Um, this was in Liverpool. I think what four or five weeks ago. Now it was in the undercard of um, Liam Smith versus Anthony Fowler. Uh, Troy Williamson versus Ted Cheeseman. I mean, yep. they were throwing bricks at each other. It was like, it was just bang, bang, bang. And in the end, Williamson just had, I guess, a couple more bricks in the, in the backpack than, than Cheeseman because that there was war. And again, that's the kind of fight where both just need to take a break for a while. Look, I, you know, as much as I enjoy these fighters, um, I care more about their health uh, than my entertainment sometimes. And hopefully they take a long break. But one of the best British fights I think we've seen in a while, uh, Cheeseman versus Williamson. No question. And and to continue your analogy, as you say, um, Williamson just had a couple more bricks on the pallets mm. than, uh, than Cheeseman had. Cheeseman sometimes, in a similar clause, in a similar breath to Derek Chisora, Cheeseman's still a very young man with a very young family. Mm. I just wonder whether he does take too much punishment. I'd like to see him work on a bit more defence. But what happens with him is... Um, you know, and Tony Sims knows this and he, and he tries to instill it. His coach tries to instill it into him is you've got to have defense as well as attack. Yeah. And he uses attack as his defense and it doesn't always work in his favor. But I think he's going to be around for a while and he's always going to be in thrilling fights. I, you're right to call that one out. But I, I, I'd pick another one. I was there on the night when Chisora and Parker fought the first time in May in Manchester. Tasha Jonas and Katie Taylor, yeah. they went at <laughs> it, hammer and tongs for 20 minutes, 10 two-minute rounds. Extraordinary fight. So talented, both of them. I thought Jonas put up a monumental battle, and she clearly deserves another world title shot at some point in the new year. Yeah, no, fantastic. And it's funny because I actually remember the first round, I was like, oh, maybe this might be a bit too too much for, for Tasha Jonas. And then she went back to the corner. Joe Gallagher almost screamed at her, like, come on. You know, you can do... And then she started to go through the gears and we know Taylor likes to have a little firefight sometimes and it was literally just them just knocking each other up, really, wasn't it? It was really, really brutal. Another female fight. This one's a bit more recent. Michaela Meyer versus Hamadouche. Again, war. And sometimes I, I'm watching it through my, my fingers thinking, oh, this is getting brutal, but a fantastic fight again. I mean, the females, you mentioned it when we were talking about fight of the year. The females are bringing it now. 
They really are. O on the females, I mean, you obviously cover MMA. Uh, very quickly on this one as well, Gabe. You, you cover MMA as well. How far away do you think female boxing is from female MMA? Do you, th do you think it's caught up yet? Or, or do you still think there are some, some ladders to climb? Well, I think it's growing, isn't it? I and mean, there's still a, di a disparity between their, their, their purses. We know that. It's talked about frequently. Um, but th there's still... Women's MMA is still five rounds, isn't it? It's, yeah. They have the same setup. You know, it's four-ounce gloves, five-minute five rounds. Um, but I think women's boxing is still... still maybe, maybe men's boxing or boxing in general is, is a bit more Procrustean a bit more Luddite, a bit more old-fashioned than, than than women's MMA because mm. it's a, obviously it's a neophyte sport, so it develops quicker and it and it and it and it keeps to the same principles as the men's sport. I think women women having three-minute rounds may change things a lot because I, th I think in the very fact that there are two-minute rounds, they're able to be more exciting, put it all on the line, have a minute's rest. That extra minute would make uh, a massive difference. I think we're growing all the time. We've got some. Super fights coming in in 2022. Clarissa Shields and uh, and Savannah Marshall. We've got Lauren Price, the the Tokyo Games middleweight um, for GB, joining the mix. I, she might wipe the floor with everyone. She looks so talented. Yeah. Um, you know Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor. As you mentioned Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor, Justin McCaskill. All that mix at welterweight as well. That could happen. Um, but I think, you know, it's it's getting that more old-fashioned view over the line to make those changes. It is a little bit further behind. Um, you know, and you look at the the followings that the likes of um, uh, Bullet um, Sharapova, I don't mean Sharapova, I mean Shevchenko, yeah. uh, Valentina Shevchenko, Rose Nami Yunus, Chris Cyborg, uh, Amanda Nunes. I mean, you know, look at uh, the what the Venezuelan vixen um, has just done to Amanda Nunes. I still maintain that Chris Cyborg is the greatest uh, female mixed martial artist uh, of all time. Um, but, I, you know, that was a bad loss uh, that Nunes took um, uh, last weekend in the UFC or the weekend before last in the UFC. Um, but overall, um, I think women's, women's boxing has grown inordinately in lockdown and, and this during this COVID pandemic period because people have been indoors and they've watched it more. I think viewerships are up and, and good luck to them. And we must keep campaigning for women's boxing. All right, this is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. That was the fight of the year. When we come back, this is going to be a long segment, this one. Major shocks in 2021, but which one stood out the most? We're going to discuss upset of the year when we come back. What a disappointing end to a night that we've been looking forward to for so long. It was a clash of heads. It's been declared a technical draw, a disappointing night. George Cambosis just fought the fight of his life. This is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis as well. End of the year special, this one. And we're looking back on what was a fantastic 2021. We've done our fighter of the year. We've done our fight of the year. Time now to try and, try and discuss the shock of the year. I say try because there are so many. And we started the year with Warrington versus 
to be honest, an unknown Mauricio Lara. Not many people knew who he was. Everyone knew who he was after the fight. Um, straight out of the back, Gareth, come on, what's yours? What's your shock of the year? Uh, I think I do think it's George Cambosos against uh, Teofimo uh, Lopez because mm. you know it, I think he was uh, he was twelve or thirteen to one favorite on favorite um, Teofimo Lopez and he looked unbeatable at lightweight. He had that he come off that amazing victory over Vasil Vasily Lomachenko, um, but you know that Alicia Baumgartner the way she put Terry Harper away <laughs> and and and. Kiko Martinez, like yeah. way behind after five rounds, in the last few seconds of the fifth round against Kid Galahad, that kind of telegraph winging overhand right. And again with a first punch in sick, you know, totally unexpected in that one. So um, that has to be in the reckoning. But it is Cambosos for me. And, you know, and it's what, it's what and how and why he's done things since and how he's turned the tide in his favor. And, really marketed himself. I think he's done a brilliant job of that Fantastic! since since the victory. No, you're right. Fantastic job. He really has put himself just out there to to boxing fans. They all know who he is. If he didn't before, and he kind of should before, but if he didn't, you you certainly do know now. I I might go Warrington Lari, you know. I I, I might just do it. Just because, again, I knew of Cambosos, the Lee Selby fight, the Mickey Bay fight. I kind of knew of him. I have to be honest, I didn't know about Mauricio Lara. I thought, okay, this is just... You know, a bit of a, a warm-up fight. They're going to try and get the Zhukan fight on again, or he might have a fight in America, wherever it be, you know. What he did to Warrington, it wasn't just a lucky one punch. It wasn't, you know, what Kiko did to Kid Galahad, where he kind of, you know, landed a big one. It was a systematic beatdown. Honestly, it was a beatdown. And I was like, who is this kid? Honestly, it shocked me more than anything. And maybe it was because it was behind closed doors as well. So you're hearing the punches land, and you're hearing the corner advice. That one just shocked me. It really did shock me. And then, and it was a stoppage as well. It was almost like a mercy stoppage. Like, okay, enough's enough here. So that one really shocked me. A couple of other big ones as well. What Baumgartner did to Terry Harper, the way and the way that kind of silenced the crowd. And again, not many people knew about Baumgartner before. And she came in, brash American, you know, talking the talk, but will she walk the walk? And she certainly did as well. And then. I mean, you you were there for Tottenham, Usyk, AJ. Not not a massive upset, but an upset nonetheless. It was a manner of the upset, mm. wasn't it? That for it was only for two rounds that Anthony Joshua was really in the fight, you know, and mm. had any kind of ascendancy or dominance. So um, there were so many imponderables going into that. And I remember writing in my preview for the Telegraph and saying over and over again that outside Tyson Fury, stylistically, Alexander Usyk is the biggest problem. Um, in the heavyweight division, the biggest problem for Anthony Joshua. Joshua has to punch down. Um, he's not really uh, a boxer. He's a fighter. He's a finisher. He's an enforcer. Mm. And that's what we need to see in the second fight when it's announced. Um, but uh, I, I don't disagree with you. I think Mauricio Lara pulled off a massive shock uh, upset. I really like the look of the second fight till the, till the yeah. head yeah. clash, of course. Um, it really looked like it was going to be a fight from hell. Um, no, because cause, cause, no, because Josh made the adjustments he needed to make, didn't get caught early, and he was he was really delivering. Um, but it's it's hard to look beyond if you're looking at a pure shock of the year. Yeah, um, it, it's Cambosos for me. It's Cambosos just because Lopez looked so good, has mm. looked so good. Um, 
But some uh, will say though, Gareth. Some will say that um, Kid Galahad in that win over Jazza Dickens looked really good, big, yeah. strong, and the way in which he got knocked out. So not beaten, not on points. You know, not a referee coming in or a corner stoppage, like flatlined. Like that might be a big one as well because everyone was saying, "Oh, kid, you know, Kiko's old, and you know, every time he steps up, he loses." And congratulations on him getting here. But when it comes to the big fights, unfortunately, Kiko just doesn't produce. And here he gets the opportunity, puts him down in that fifth, and then shuts the door on him in the sixth. That could be one as well. Absolutely. Look, it's one thing I've learned over all these years is mm. that expect the unexpected in boxing. <laughs> you, you make your picks. It's a sport of opinions. Styles make fights. And, and also, uh, Tyson Fury said this to me the other day when I was on his homecoming tour with him. He said, you know, I said, why did you fight Deontay Wilder in that way this time? He said, well, on any given night, it's a different fight, with that, with, even with the same person. And that's what that's why we love the sport so much. That's why there's so much drama in it. That's why it's so thrilling to be involved in it. It's so thrilling to be an aficionado of it because the, these these extraordinary things happen. And you know, that there's one one side um, has a huge fall, and the other side has a huge climb. Yes, we know that often there are house fighters, and guys are being built, and girls are being built, and that and that's the way it goes. But it's a fight at the end of the day. And, you know, um, as Cambosos showed, as, as Lara showed, you know, as Baumgardner showed, as, as, as Martinez showed, as Usyk showed, and as Lee Wood showed against uh, Shu Ken, mm. you can, you can, you can, you can. You certainly can. Uh, what a perfect way to end. Gareth, just before we do uh, finish up and wrap up here for the final show of the year, or sorry, final show just before Christmas, um, what are you looking forward to in 2022? Is there anything that stands out that you either hope gets made or or is made already because some fights are already being done well i'm looking forward to unwrapping the present you send me in a couple of days time <laughs> and, and enjoying it for the entire year as i delve into santa's sack um and uh you know because it is it's the most wonderful time of the year and maybe jeremy our producer has done a brilliant job all year mm. um could even play that out with it's a wonderful time it's that wonderful time of the year um Looking forward to 2022 mm. um, is um, I'd like to see Errol Spence and Terence Crawford in a ring together, if that can happen. I would love to see an undisputed title. I would love to see Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury step into a ring together. I hope those two big semi-finals for the world titles get made. Fury, uh, White and Usyk Joshua, mm. second match. Um, I am looking forward to Canelo fighting. I'm even looking forward to Khan and Brooke, but I'm also um, looking forward to the women's super fights, Taylor Serrano and Caressa Shields and Savannah Marshall in 2022. And also um, looking forward uh, to the fact that the world governing bodies, the, the four sanctioning bodies are talking about trying to have one ranking system between all of them from one to 15 or one to 20. So every sanctioning body has the same ranking and we know who the number one, two, three, four, five in the world is. That That'll be a massive advancement. And then we'll have unified champions more often and mandatories. And all four sanctioning bodies met a month and a half ago and they're trying to make that happen. It will be a massive advancement for the sport. And I also want the Olympics to reinstate boxing in 2028 in Los Angeles because amateur boxing isn't on there yet. And I'd like that hurdle overcome as well. 
Mm, uh, you don't want much, do you? He wants a bit of everything. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but they're all the right things as well. Gareth, as always, my man, it's been absolutely fantastic working alongside you. Um, have a good Christmas. And yeah, my present's in the post. It might not get here 25th of December, but next year, guaranteed, it will get there. I'll speak to the <laughs> delivery company and it will get there. All right, you've been listening to Final Extra on TalkSport to you. A huge thank you to everyone who's listened and downloaded the podcast over the last year. We'll look back next week reviewing the MMA year in 2021. Until then, a very Merry Christmas for myself and from the great Gareth A. Davis. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.